Welcome back, everybody, to a, another episode of Buzz Talk. It's a special episode. Not only is it the last one of 2022, it is also our first episode in person. You're joined by myself, Kevin Henry, your usual host. Unfortunately, Matt Violet could not make it. Uh, so I do have our reoccurring guest, usually on Pickums, uh, but this time he'll be my co-host for the day, and that's Connor Meehan. Connor, how are we feeling? Yeah, happy to be here. Um, it's great to be on. I feel like I got a little promotion, even if it is for just one week. Um, glad I get to kind of headline the show here and uh, and be here on uh, you know at the beginning. So excited to get into it. Yeah, uh, both of us are home in Rhode Island uh, for Christmas and New Year's. Uh, Matt flew back to Seattle and had some pre-arrangements he had to attend to, but uh, that that doesn't mean we stop the show. The show must go on. As always, uh, just want to give you guys a little bit of a rundown of what's to come here. Uh, we'll hop into that Patriots loss at home against the Bengals, a very cold game. Uh, I'll give you my Week 17 power rankings. Connor can uh, can be a little judicial and give me some some pushback on them. And we'll also cover – uh, Celtics Weekly, as always, unfortunately not with Matty Perp, but uh, we'll we'll go into what uh, they had going on this past week, and we'll then hop into our Week 17 pickums, uh, a little bit of the NFL playoff picture. So uh, we'll just dive right into it, uh, Connor. I don't know if you had a chance to watch the game this past weekend. Um, but it looked cold. I know we had some friends that, that went there. It was uh, about 15 degrees. Shout out Tyler Shumo. He was at the game. Uh, he said that he bought two Bud Lights that were sitting in an ice bath. By the time he got to his seat, uh, the beers were frozen. So shout out Joette. They're doing a fine job. But, uh, yeah, another tough loss for the Pats. Uh, horrid first half. Joe Burrow came out firing. 28 for 36, 284 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Uh, the Patriots, zero points, only three first downs in the first half, and 70 yards to add on to that. Uh, the offense in the second half only scored 12 points. Marcus Jones had a pick six. Uh, and Nick Folk, his missed PATs came back to haunt us. But to be fair, Evan McPherson also made some uh, – some blunders himself. So obviously Stevenson fumbles, uh, second, second loss where we've, we've done it to ourselves. Uh, Connor, how do you feel overall about this team? Do you still think there's any hope for them to crawl into a playoff position? I, I think there's still, there's still a hope until, until the season's over, right. With just the position that they're in. And I think you kind of talked a little about it a little bit off air with, people are losing. So this thing is still wide open. Um, 
they still can get in. I was actually, I watched the first quarter um, and then I, I had a, like a family lunch kind of right in the middle of it, but I was still watching the game kind of as we were eating. And then I was back in front of it, be, being able to focus throughout the whole like fourth quarter. So it was interesting to see just the total, you know, momentum shift from the first quarter through the, you know, going into the fourth. Um, I think this team has a lot of issues still. Um, I, I think there's a chance that they could squeeze in, but I think the difference in, in even the only way that we were in this game against the Bengals was that the defense was forcing turnovers. Yep. I think the biggest difference outside of the offense looking, you know, the, everything that is said about the offense, the play calling, uh, you know, everything that we're doing on offense is valid. But what's not being said is that the defense has not been forcing turnovers at the rate that they were last year. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when we were able to put up 30 point games, you know, that seven game win streak we had, we are still riding on the coattails of our defense, putting the offense in short, you know, short field situations. And obviously we were better at getting in the red zone or, you know, getting in the end zone when we got in the red zone. Uh, but that was, you know, that's the only reason that we were able to come back in this game is, is two huge turnovers. I think, I don't actually, I don't think the first one we were able to get points off of, um, <laughs> but just like the short field is, is what a team that struggles this badly on offense needs to rely on. Um, so I think if, if the defense can continue to force turnovers and win the turnover differential, there's a chance in these next two weeks. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, they were kind of given the game. Jamar Chase fumbles. Um, and what do you think? Do you think Stevenson should have been called for forward progress on that play? I thought so. Um, off of just my, my initial reaction, I I really did. That was my – I was like, that ball should have been, should have been stopped. Mm -hmm. um, but I think with Ramondre Stevenson, I've seen so many times where – just trying to be uh, trying to be unbiased where that dude goes and gets 10 more yards after it looks like his progress has stopped. And obviously when it's on that side, we're happy to see it. You know, we're, we're happy it doesn't get marked down for, uh, you know, for forward progress. So I have to be unbiased there. Um, but I did think, you know, just from a try to be unbiased that it should have been uh, forward progress there. But, you know, it is what it is. You see it go both ways. Right. I, um, I don't know. I, there's a, Obviously, in New England with our fans, there's always the blame game. And I still think it, it falls back on Bill. Um, Patricia has to be gone. And it'll be interesting to see how this offseason is handled, right? Because Kraft, you know, they, they don't want to put a bad product on the field like they have this year. I mean, they're almost unwatchable. They're not fun to watch. Um, fortunately, we've, you know, had the pleasure of watching them be dominant for 20 years and Obviously, we're over that hump where we expect that. Um, but, you know, just for the future, I think Rob's going to have to put it in Bill's lap to get rid of Patricia. And we could live in a world where ultimately, if Bill doesn't want to move on from these people from their current positions, Bill could walk and coach somewhere else. As crazy as it sounds, I think that's a real possibility. You know, he, he's having his, his family and his buddies on this team uh, controlling the, you know, day-to-day -day operations. And obviously that's not something that's worked or will work in longevity. So um, it, it's, it's been a mess. This team is still pretty dumb, I think. And you can comment on this, but I think it was more of the Bengals kind of losing that, second half and more so than the Patriots winning. I mean, Mac Jones uh, obviously had a prayer thrown uh, that was tipped and caught by Jacoby Myers, which could maybe make up for the Raiders loss. But um, 
I don't think we necessarily even put ourselves in a position to win that game other than our defense. How do you feel about that? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I think on the Bill topic, I mean, this dude, I, I don't see him going anywhere. I think there's no other place that he's going to have this full of control over every single aspect. He's earned that from Robert Kraft. It seems like their relationship is, you know, I'll, I'll give you the money. You do what you, what you need to do with it. Um, I don't see him going anywhere else and being able to do that so fully. So um, I, I, I don't think that's, that's going to be something that happens, but um, yeah, I, I think kind of, like I said, if, if the defense doesn't force some timely, timely turnovers, then this game really gets out of hand. I, I, I said after the first quarter that it had feeling of Bill's playoff game. Right. They lost, you know, 40, 40, whatever, two, 42 to seven, whatever it was. That's really what it felt like. Um, offense couldn't do anything. Um, I, I'm curious to, to get your thoughts too. And it was kind of mentioned a little bit on the broadcast. So I'm sure you probably thought about it, but a lot was made with Vince Wolfork and, and other Patriots legends talking about Mac Jones' body language. Um, <clears throat> I got tired of it just in the last four or five weeks of every single time him screaming at Matt Patricia, him screaming at the sideline, whether valid or not. I'm tired of seeing it. That's not who you want. You know, it, it's it's contagious, I feel like. And if the leader of your team is is constantly complaining and just showing that, that he's upset, he doesn't feel like he can get it done. I think there was a, a, a part of their comeback was that Mac changed that a little bit. Just in my eyes, he changed that narrative a little bit. Mm-hmm. He stayed positive even through some bad three and outs and, and those types of things where we've seen him react differently. And I think that helped keep people together. But I'm curious what you saw, if anything, different from Mac you know, uh, this week. Yeah, I, I mean, as far as the complaining and, you know, being visually mad, it's – I. I'll start with the comments by, by Will Fork and, and Edelman. Like they had a where what they played in was so systematically different and they had a leader who was calm, cool, collected all of that. Um, and it was a machine, right? Like, you know, I do feel for Mac in the sense of, well, this is a whole nother, this is a whole new scheme that he's playing in. Um, I don't like to see it visually. I'd rather have him do that behind closed doors because, you know, when he speaks publicly on the podium after postgame, he's not critical of his coaches and all that. So it does seem a little fake, and that's kind of where I have my issue with it more than anything. But obviously you want a quarterback that is, you know, he's the the leader of the ship here. That's really his job is to keep this this boat flowing in a, in a positive direction. Um, but – it's it's comical at this point, but I also like a, to play devil's advocate. Like he's been thrown in a win world here. Like he's he's asking stuff. You know, he's playing in a whole new system where he was very successful last year, at least for a rookie quarterback. So I kind of see both sides of it, but at the end of the day, I don't want to see it visually on the field. And I think you're right; it is contagious, and it feels like there is a disconnect from you know, coaching to players. And um, obviously there's been questionable moves made. Kendrick Bourne being one of them, being thrown down in the depth chart earlier in the year. He caught a touchdown this week. So um, it just just doesn't seem like we're moving forward. We definitely regress. Um, I don't know if you continue this style of play for next year. Um, it's tough. I do think 
I'll just lament to it, like the Will Fork and Edelman comments, like they do have a pedigree and they have their the requirements to speak on it, but it's so different than what it was back then, right? Like Mac is, he's a millennial or Gen Z even, right? He's, I think he's younger than us, which is 24. Yeah. So there is like, and I think Bill knows that, like, you know, Bill hasn't been critical of his quarterback and he was obviously very critical of Brady and didn't give him his roses. But I think Bill's even kind of conformed to the, the kind of players he has. We're a very young team. Fortunately, our rookies have kind of put us in a position to not be terrible this year. So um, I do think Bill has handled the youth of this team very well. Um and that's why I, Will Fork and Edelman have every right to say what they said. It's just more so these are different times. And although Mac shouldn't be all pissy on the field, um, that should be something that's brought up in private. So it's tough. It, it's I said this last week. Like we're I think we're becoming a laughing stock in the NFL, regardless of our record. Like Bill Belichick is never going to coach a team that's you know three and fourteen. Like that's just that's never going to happen. He brought the Cam Newton team to seven and nine. Um, this year has been very underwhelming and not successful, but if he has the right pieces for next year, they can kind of get this, this ship back on, uh, on par, if you would. Do you, uh, and not to go off on too much of a tangent, but I've also been talking to like other people, just my thoughts about, yeah, okay, you know, let's say we win one of the next two. We finish eight and nine, right? Last year, last year, 10 and seven, probably overachieved. Year before that, eight and eight with Cam Newton. Seven and nine. Seven and nine with Cam Newton. Just yep. missed the playoffs, actually, uh, by, uh, like, just, I think, just a game. Um, do you want to live in this world, or do you feel like we're positioned to become a legitimate Super, Super Bowl contender? Um, my thought is... I don't know if I'd rather watch a decade of mediocrity, right? Like where they're almost making it, they're competitive, about 500. Or like, do we relinquish assets and potentially try to go get a game-changing generational talent? Because I think there's no other team really like the Patriots that stay competitive every year. You know, there's teams that are going through cyclical uh, changes, firing head coaches, starting at the beginning, rebuilding through draft capital and getting really, really great talent. We are somehow staying competitive without top-tier talent um, and, and you know, based on coaching. So what do you think the next step is um, for, for the Patriots? Um, I want to take it back a little bit. Um, I heard this over the week that obviously in 2017, Bill brings in Garoppolo, right? And that was kind of his guy. It seems like they kind of went half in, half out with Tom because they they keep Tom. Robert kind of executes that. Bill gives in. Obviously, it's the owner. Bill's going to fold to that eventually. And then you don't re-sign Tom, right? So he kind of went half in, half out. And that's where I think, in retrospect, when we look back on everything, that's where we went wrong. We handled that horribly. It was either we should have brought Jimmy in, got rid of Tom, or we kept Tom until he wanted to leave. Um, and that's where we shot ourselves in the foot. As for going forward, like, yeah, I get it. I think 
rebuilding is something that we're probably closer to now than we were initially. Like we had a decent roster and Cam Newton was a fill in and you can't really give them a lot of crap for that because we lost the best quarterback in the history of the game. Right. But you just got to think like, yeah, in, in our head, it sounds good. Like it's maybe a three year plan, but I think what's been good about this is it's been consistent. And if we can build off this with the young quarterback, and unfortunately we don't know the answer if Mac is the guy or not moving forward. I have my thoughts. I think he's, his ceiling isn't very high, but um, I think Bill Belichick thought he could take any system quarterback and develop a roster good enough with a good enough defense to be good enough to compete for a Super Bowl. And what do you think is the biggest missing link for the – I mean, I'm, I'm asking this because I have my opinion. Everything you're saying, right. you take a system quarterback, where's the system? Exactly. Well, that's the issue. Like, it came back to coaching this year. I thought last year it went – as good as it could, right? Seven straight. Yeah. In the middle and of the season. Obviously, you lose McDaniels and uh, everything kind of goes to shit. Um, so, I I think, Mac, you give him another year. You give him – I mean, now he's going to have uh, – if they bring someone in, which I think they should, offensive coordinator-wise, he's going to have his third offensive coordinator in three years. So, comes back to the system talk, like – there isn't a system, nothing that's consistent. So what do you think happens if, uh, if the bill retains Matt Patricia and brings no one else in? I don't think Kraft lets it. I really don't think he lets it because I don't know how bill can swing it into saying that, that this will work. Like there has been nothing that we've seen on the field that would allow us to think that it will work even in the future. Like, Nothing about this offense has been successful. Um, it's been boring. It's been stagnant. It's uh, it's horrible to watch. It's a horrible product. And I always feel like when we're watching these games, it's like we need a turnover on this drive. Fortunately enough, we've been getting them. Um, and it's still not enough, right? Uh, usually when your defense scores in a game, you should probably win it. Um and the last two weeks that's happened and that hasn't been the case uh, past three weeks. Rather uh, we beat the Cardinals big whoop. Uh, I think ultimately you keep Mac, you change coordinators. Maybe you try to bring in someone like Bill O'Brien. Uh, his name's been thrown out there a lot uh, and, and kind of work with that and build on it and build on this defense. We have a very young defense and offense as well. Marcus Jones is a weapon. Uh, Jack Jones Got hurt, um, but he's someone that's, you know, very promising. Uh, we didn't really feel like we've missed J.C. Jackson this year. So, um, and we even limited Jamar last week. Like, he didn't have a crazy game. Uh, it, I mean, it was good, but not like other weeks that he has where he looks like God. So, I think you build on what you have and you get better coaching. But then again, if it doesn't work, you know, Mac Jones is gone in two years, right? Yeah. So that's kind of how I see it. I'm not ready for a rebuild, but maybe I'm just stubborn. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I've been, I've been high on the fact that the Patriots just still don't. They have Ramondre Stevenson as a playmaker, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. The the NFL is the way it is right now because of playmakers, is is guys that 
get the ball in space and make things happen, make people miss and make plays. Patriots still don't have that. Nope. They have Marcus Jones, who's a game changer, but he's not by trade. Nope. One of these guys that's going to do that. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, we haven't really seen anything out of. He was a speedy guy. We need to hit on one of these guys. We need to bring somebody in who is on the level of a Jamar Chase, uh, uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, Stephon Diggs. Mac needs that. The offense needs that. We are a totally different team if we add one someone like that and a real offensive coordinator. This offense looks totally different. I'm in agreement with you. I, I'm not ready for the rebuild, but I don't know how else we get one of those young guys that's a game changer, that's a generational talent, without spending on the right guys or go, or going low on the draft, trading up in the draft. Like, Bill never does that. He trades back. Yeah. But that's a situation where I think we have to get a top 10 talent. There's a lot that's going to be in this 2023 NFL draft, and I really hope that we go make that change. I think those are the biggest things that, you know, that we need. Yeah. At this pace, I mean, if we lose these next two, we, we already have the 16th pick in the draft. We can maybe slide up to, to top 10 to 13. Um, but you make a good point. The only thing I could say to refute it uh, as far as like going out and spending is we have the second highest paid wide receiving group in the national football league. Yeah. Which is horrible. Um, and I'll make one last comment. We'll we'll move on. But look what the Dolphins did to Tua. Like they yeah. surrounded him with weapons. Yep. He's had a, a good first half of the year. Obviously, um, he's dwindling a little bit, uh, and he's looked good. But you also see Tua make th- three throws a game that should be intercepted. Um, obviously, that came into fruition last week. But um, you know, it's. Uh, we haven't put the right people around them, nor the coaching. And I'm not going to throw it all on, on personnel or coaching either. Like Mac, I don't think has handled this situation uh, or resilient. Like he hasn't really been resilient in my opinion. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. Like they put themselves in a brutal spot. Johnny Smith has been a bad signing Hunter Henry potential, but hasn't done much. Yeah. One good year, one bad year. Exactly. So, You've you've invested the money. These are kind of the people you're rocking with moving forward. Um, it's hopefully this defense can somehow get better next year. Um, but you wasted a year of Mac Jones, and you wasted a year on your team for the future because you don't know if he's going to be your guy or not. So um, we can wrap up the Patriots talk. Uh, we'll get into playoff picture, and they are still involved, believe it or not. Uh, after two straight losses. Uh, but that brings us into our Week 17 Power Rankings. Uh, I'll kind of go through these. Uh, we have a new number 10. That's the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are 7-8, and eight, now in a playoff spot, the four seed. Uh, they've won five out of their last seven. They beat the Jets 19-3 on Thursday night at MetLife. At number nine, the Ravens. Obviously a little sketchy without Lamar Jackson. I'm making this pick, uh, insinuating that he will be back on the field next week. I'm not 100% sure of it, but they still find a way to win against the Falcons 17-9 at home. That brings us to number eight, the Chargers, who clinched a playoff spot on Monday night, beating the Colts 20-3. I think the Chargers are a dangerous team and some team to – to watch going into the playoffs. They could sneak up 
and get that five seed in the AFC. At seven, the Vikings, 12-3. and three. Uh, They beat the Giants 27-24. Um, you know, on paper, it looks like that is too low for them, but I still think they're a team with not that high of a ceiling, so that's why they have reverted to number seven. At number six, the Cowboys, they get back on track. A huge win against Philly, and you can say all you want about Jalen Hurts not playing, but they still put up 40 points against a Philly team. One of the more watched games of this season, uh, it was the 4.30 game on Fox uh, on Christmas Eve. At number five, the 49ers, Brock Purdy, he's staying sturdy. I could keep going on and on with those <laughs> puns. Uh they beat the Commanders at home 37-20. to 20. And now for our top four, the Bengals 11-4. They beat the Patriots 22-18 in Gillette. A huge Monday night bout uh, against the Buffalo Bills. That's going to be a measuring stick game for them. At three, the Eagles slide down 13-2, losing on the road against the Cowboys 34-40. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they finish this year. I think you want to rest Jalen Hurts. They still have, uh, they're still on top of getting that number one seed. So I wouldn't worry too much about them. But these are the two teams that I think have the best chance to win the Super Bowl. And that's at number two, the Buffalo Bills, 12 and three. They beat the Bears 35 15. And at number one, the Chiefs winning at home against Seattle, 24 to 10. Those are your power rankings, Connor. When you look at those, is there any any comments, any concerns, anything you would change? Yeah, I mean, I think overall the the the, the teams you have in there, I can't necessarily refute. I would say top eight, right? Um, excluding the Ravens or Jags, I can make arguments for. Um, the Jaguars was the biggest, I guess, surprise to me that they cracked the top ten. But I understand. Um, I've I've been kind of quietly watching them, and obviously a little bit higher uh, on them the last few weeks with some of the convincing wins that they had. Um, you know, I, I I'm still a little bit higher on the on like you know teams like the Vikings and, and the Cowboys and other people. Um, I, I just think it's funny how the Cowboys, you know, perception has gone so up and down, and that's yep. what happens on with a the, weekly basis. On a weekly basis, and um, you know, that's what happens with a, a big market, you know, team. The, the pressure is always on the Cowboys, but depending on how they do each week, like like Kev said, you know, like you said, um, that, that you know they can go all the way up from one to one to ten. Right. But when you look at uh, when you look at the Jags, I, I know you gave it a little bit of a, of a spiel, but why you know why the Jags over some of these other teams? Right. Like I, I know you've previously had the Giants in there, the Dolphins in there, um, you know, even the Lions. Right. Like why why the Jags sneaking into ten this week? Yeah, I, I think they're the the highest trending team, in my opinion. I had the Lions in there last week. They crushed my heart losing to the Panthers. I wanted them to be uh, I wanted them to be in there. And I was actually deciding between the Jags and Packers. Um, Packers, too, yeah. You know, the Packers, as bad as they've been all year, um, they still have Aaron Rodgers. And as much as we like to crack on them and all that, um, he's found a way to win these past few weeks. Uh against good teams and now he's going to have a chance to to play the Vikings in Lambeau he had a horrible game in Minnesota to start the year off uh, in week one so uh, maybe a revenge game for him we'll see 
Uh, but I think the Jags are trending up. You know, the Jets are still interesting if Mike White can get back on the field. Uh, the Lions just – you lose and to the Panthers like the way they did. It just – that takes them out of my running. Uh, the Bucks have just been terrible. Uh, they've beaten up on bad teams that they've won this year. So that's really – and I think the Jags are a playoff team. Like I think fully they're going to – doesn't matter this week. I think they win. Uh but I think they beat Tennessee next week. I, I do. I think Trevor Lawrence is dangerous. He's a quarterback that should succeed. Uh, Doug Peterson's going to be there a long time now. He's been able to develop uh, not just Trevor Lawrence, but the Jaguars offense. And let's not forget, they signed Calvin Ridley for next year, or traded for him rather. So um, he's someone that has such a high ceiling, probably the highest ceiling out of the younger quarterbacks, in my opinion. Um, And it's starting to get in motion and come into fruition. So that's why, I I mean, that's obviously macro talk, but Mm -hmm. in the micro, I think this team, they're five and two in their last seven. And I think they deserve to be in the top 10 because ultimately I think they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with that. I I also, I'm on the Trevor Lawrence you know, uh, bandwagon there. It's uh, anytime this, you know, I love to see it obviously, right. When, when you take a, a Jags team that was the worst in the league last year, Trevor was in an impossible situation and his play on the field, you know, showed that. Um, and then, you know, going through this year, I forget their lowest of low, right. That they fell to, but let's see if they won the last, you know, three or four, I think they were probably at, at one point four and four and seven, three yep. and seven, something like that. Yeah. Um, and how quickly things change, right? I, I think people's per- perceptions just are often skewed by by the media, and it's a win now, as uh, Robert Sala said, instant coffee type uh, yeah. type environment. Of course, I have my bones to pick with him saying that, especially when he's the one that's benched Zach Wilson not once but but twice. Um, yeah, and, and I just think it's interesting, right? Like there's so many young quarterbacks drafted so highly that within one year are are pretty much you know not given a chance again. Right. Uh, and, you know, for better or for worse, they got to go earn it. But at some point, right, like we are as as an as a society, uh, as a as a sports media, destroying these young quarterbacks confidence and making it really difficult for them to jump back. So I'm happy to see that with Trevor. I apologize about that, folks. Uh, we ran into some technical difficulties, but uh, we are back uh, to kind of give you a reset here. Uh, I'll run through the, the power rankings one more time. We'll talk Celtics, uh, take a, another intermission, and then we'll get into the Week 17 pickums and a little bit of a playoff picture. Uh, but real quick, power rankings for this week. Uh, Jaguars, number 10, Ravens, number nine, Chargers, number eight, the Vikings at seven, Cowboys at six, 49ers at five, Bengals at four, Eagles, three, Bills, two, and the Kansas City Chiefs at number one. I think those top five, six are your real Super Bowl contenders, and we only have two more weeks of regular season football till the good stuff starts. So that is it for the 
pats and power rankings. Uh, let's dive into the Celtics weekly. Matt had put together some good notes. Um, real quick, this past week, the Celtics did lose at home against Indiana, 112-117. to uh, We were down by as much as 30. Uh, Hal Burton played out of his mind. He's a young star on that Pacers team. Uh, Tatum ended up with 41. We actually pulled back in. Uh, only losing that game by five is is pretty crazy, um, and that's kind of who we were last year. Uh, we'd get down or we'd be up, and we'd come back and get it close. Uh, we did win again against Minnesota. Uh, Jalen Brown, 23 in the fourth, uh, 36 total. Uh, they did put a stop to a season-long three-game winning streak, and then that gets into Christmas. Uh, they beat the Bucks. 139 to 118. Uh, I'm not going to go in depth on each game, but I just want to make a comment that the Celtics did start to worry me a little bit. And there's obviously a lot of ebbs and flows to the NBA season, but the Celtics showed up and played uh, their number one contender uh, first time this year. And Tatum drops 41. Connor, what's your overall opinion of this team as it stands right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm feeling great. You know, I, I, I think it's a good feeling to, and I said this at the beginning of the year, but it's like with this with this roster construction, it's never, it's not a question of like, do they have what it takes? Right. It's that that question's gone, right? Like, it's been a long time since I felt like the Celtics have been in the NBA elite. Right, yeah. the teams that are are legit and and serious. So <clears throat> this is a long season. You know, it, it'd be the same way if if we we're talking about the Red Sox and if they were they were playing great. So it's just a long year, right? And yep. and you kind of have to sit back and enjoy the ride because it's you know we still have five months before this thing matters, uh, which can be you know frustrating. We want to see them play in in big games and uh, and showing you know that they can win a Christmas Day game convincingly like that. And that's a second half domination. Yep. You know, it was a tie game give or take five points, I think, three or five yep. at half. So um, it's really just, again, trying to enjoy the ride. Like, they went through a bump. You know, that was going to happen. You know, this team wasn't going to win 73 games and 74 games and, and break the, you know, regular season win record. Um, so I'd like to see them be able to bounce back quickly. I, I think Tatum spoke to it a little bit. You know, it wasn't going to be all sunshine and roses the whole time. So just to see them bounce back, win some big games after a couple of tough losses, you know, again, coming off a long road trip yep. where they lost a couple. So I'm feeling really good and I'm excited what the second half, you know, 2023 is going to be. Yeah, it's um, it's good to see that they could show up for this pedigree of a game, right? Like not to knock on your Orlando Magic because I know you're a, you're, you're a you're a Magic guy. I know you're a big fan of, of their second, mascot stuff. Second to Boston every day of the week. Though. But, you know, when you have to show up in two middle-of-the-week games, that's not easy for a team like that. The Warriors lamented that as they were going through, uh, you know, their dynasty and still are. Um, it's hard to show up for those games. And – not that I'm going to give them a break, like you need to play better and win those games, but when it's that kind of magnitude on Christmas Day, all eyes are on you, it's really probably the best matchup of the day, and you go out like that, um, 
we know how the NBA is, right? Like some games get out of hand. It happened all playoffs last year as, as normally as it does. Um, but when you're playing another MVP candidate in Giannis, who I love to watch, but uh, this is a game that kind of proves your dominance in the league. It, it regains you that number one seed. And uh, that's the stuff I want to see. Um, I do want to get your take. Who Who's your MVP right now? We're, we're about to be into the new year. Is Tatum high and above everyone else? Or do you see Luka uh, above him? Maybe Giannis or Jokic? I mean, who, who really do you like as your MVP front runner at this moment in time? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I think that's a tough question. It's, it's difficult. I think, um, I think Luca, I think Luca and Giannis both have something that Tatum doesn't. And that's, they're carrying much more of a load than Tatum is, um, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we watched, or actually you, you weren't there, but I watched the Mavericks lose to the, to the magic and, Luca had a bad game and and that team was terrible. Yeah. Like that team lives and dies by by Luca. So, you know, in some ways I'm I'm obviously very happy that Tatum's in a situation that that's great for him, but he's he couldn't be in a better situation. Agreed. And I think that's allowing him to to really flourish and and blossom and he's earned that. Um I think recency bias does play a factor as far as, you know, Giannis like the voting, what do they call it? Like the voter fatigue. Yeah. That's real. You know, at some point they don't want to they want to see Jokic, new, yeah. yeah, want to see new guys in there. Um, I don't know if Tatum's my number one. Obviously, if I was just if I was able to be fully biased, I would I would go with Tatum. You know, deserving, and I think he still very well could. He's he's right there with, you know, he brings a lot of elements that other guys don't as far as defense. Right. Uh, Giannis plays great D, but great defense, great passing, great rebounding. Which you know can't say the same for Luca, but uh, right now I think he's I think he's three for me behind Giannis and and Luca. Jokic is in there for you? He's probably four. Um, See, I get it, but Jokic is another one where that team's not great. They are missing Michael Porter. Um, and I just – I think without him – it's the same thing with Luka, though. You're absolutely right, where if he doesn't perform, that team's not going to go far. So as much as I want Tatum to be the MVP – he can have an off night and we can still win. You know, it, it goes back to the Timberwolves game. I mean, Tatum did have 30, but Jalen Brown scores 23 in the fourth quarter, right? So um, it's definitely tough. Uh, I'd love for Tatum to win an MVP, but ultimately, um, hopefully he's a guy who's not here for the individual accolades. Obviously, those are an icing on the cake, but he's here for championships. Yeah. That's what Boston is, not just the Celtics, but – the Boston fan base overall. Um, but I'm in agreement with you. I, I don't think he's number one, uh, although the media likes to think so. Uh, one last question on this segment. Uh, is it Celtics and Bucks and everyone else, or do you have another team in the East that could play spoiler uh, come June? No, I'm in mean Brooklyn. Like, yeah, 100% uh, Brooklyn, um, which – I think anybody that with half a brain and some sort of like perspective would realize that this team can can play. Everybody can be healthy. Um, they're as good as anybody. So yeah. Brooklyn, Brooklyn and Milwaukee and nobody else. I'm not. I'm not threatened by Cleveland. I'm not threatened no. by New York. I'm not threatened by Miami, Toronto. Like no one else. Um, 
it's it's a superstar pedigree type league. And those are the only three teams in the East that that concern me. What about you? Uh, yeah, Brooklyn's. That's why I asked because I do think Brooklyn's a real threat. Uh, they've won eight straight, I believe now. So um, that's something that definitely concerns me because they have two of the best pure scorers in the NBA. Regardless, you know, obviously Steph's up there, but Kevin Durant's having a monstrous year. If Kyrie Irving stays on the court. He's going to be one of the best players in the league. Uh, and I don't think there's a way to refute that. So I think it's a star-studded league. And if they're playing at their full potential and their role players are are falling in line, uh, then, yeah, they're definitely a team that, that concerns me, maybe even more than Milwaukee, truthfully, because you need Middleton to play very well. I don't know how much I want to bank on him to do that, although he has been a Celtics killer. Drew Holiday's fantastic as well, but uh, when you need a bucket late in a game, I'm much more fearful of Kevin Durant or Kyrie than a Giannis or a Chris Middleton, and that's that's kind of just how I, I see it. How about Philly? No. Uh, I think that thing's a, a mess. I really do. Like Now you hear the reports of – you know, from Woj that Harden wants to maybe go back to Houston. It's, maybe the strip clubs are better there. I don't know. But, um, yeah, just I think it's a whole debacle. I don't think their team's good. Uh, no one on there scares me other than Embiid. But that's why we have Time Lord, right? So Philly's not in there for me. Uh, and even out of the West, like the Warriors could be dangerous if they find themselves when Steph gets back. But unless I don't see anyone else like really contending with whoever comes out of the East. I mean, yeah, but <clears throat> did you watch did you watch the Warriors Celtics? Yeah, it was game? bad. Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was like we were watching the NBA finals again. It was really it was honestly pretty pretty hard to watch. Yep. Um, you know, I, I don't know exactly. I hope that's just an aberration. Uh and, and I believe it is, but to see Tatum revert back to his final self and 2022 and just a regular season game in, in Golden State is is concerning, but agreed. In, in the East, it's going to be, you know, I, the Bucks are are scary. Um, not sure if I feel the Nets are scarier than the Bucks. I, I think Giannis is a different level, right, uh, of takeover in a game than than even Durant and Kyrie. But yeah, like we said, it's not going to be easy. But I like where we're at. I like our positioning. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I think the stability of the Nets is always something that is going to everyone's going to be looking at, right? Um, so it'll be interesting to watch. Um, that's all I have for this Celtics segment. Uh, Matt will be back on next week to to hit it. Um, but uh, we will close up this episode with pickums and a little playoff picture talk. Uh, so stick around. We'll be right back. Back week 17 pickums, our first one in person. Feels kind of nice. Um, yeah. A lot better than just watching them, watching Connor on the screen. Uh, got got the third floor action going. Uh, if you know, you know. But um, we'll get right into it here. 
Thursday night, uh, I believe it's the last Thursday night game of the year. Al Michaels is probably thrilled. Um, and I'm not sure this is one is going to be any better. However, the Dallas Cowboys uh, on 11 and four going into Tennessee at seven and eight. Uh, Connor, I'll let you get us started. Yeah, um, I think we talked a little bit about the software too. Um, I think the Titans have really changed my mind on them over the last four or five weeks. I think most people are in the same boat. I really thought they were going to be a team that was going to be back. Um, I think they were seven and three um, at their best. So, you know, five straight losses there. We talked about how, you know, they're going to be playing for the division next week against the Jags. So this game is essentially meaningless. Don't know exactly. Maybe that, you know, means they lighten the load. If this game kind of gets out of hand, the Cowboys are still playing for positioning. So, um, I like the Cowboys here. I like the Titans to, you know, not be as worried about the outcome of this game other than just trying to get back on track. Uh, I don't know if Tannehill's playing. If, you know, if he is, they have a better chance. But if it's Malik, then I'd like them to just try to, you know, try to get some things going offensively and, again, not be as concerned with the result. So um, I like the Cowboys here uh, to go to 12-4. and four. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm with you there. I'm in agreement. Uh, I think the Cowboys are just that much better of a team. Uh, Tennessee has looked very flawed, especially with Malik Willis. Um, for my sake and my fantasy championship sake, uh, I hope Malik Willis plays. So all they have is Derrick Henry, but, um, also I just think, like I said, Dallas is front to back a better team than, than Tennessee. So, uh, I'll, I have to go Cowboys here. I cannot pick against them even on the road. Um, and that brings us into Sunday. No Saturday games this week. No, no Saturday. You know why? Why is that? We got the uh, got the semifinals. Oh, that's right. College football playoff. Wow. Yeah, we didn't even talk about it, but um, not a college football guy myself. No. Don't know enough to really go into depth about it, but uh, should be fun to watch. I'll definitely be watching. Regardless, uh, Sunday, the one o'clock slate. Arizona Cardinals four and eleven. JJ Watt uh, announced his retirement, which will be effective uh, after these next two weeks. Uh, they will be going into Atlanta, playing the five and ten Falcons. Desmond Ritter has not looked great, um, but the Falcons have something to play for. The Cardinals do not, and therefore, I like the Falcons at home to still have a chance in the AFC South. Or NFC South, excuse me. There you go. Yeah, um, that's a good point that I actually didn't think much about um, when I made these picks because I don't think they have a chance, but mathematically, obviously, they still do. Um, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Uh, these teams both are, are atrocious. Um, nothing – no one will be tuning into this game. I don't I don't think – I think this game could be – you know, who knows? Both these teams are so bad. I was going to say their offenses are, are both atrocious, but it could end up being a high-scoring game because no one plays any defense either. So – um, my, my gut's telling me the Cardinals here, um, so I'm going to roll with them, and uh, I think they're going to end their at least five-game losing streak. I don't know how many in a row they've lost, but it's at least five, so i like them to end it here on the road. Okay. Well, we're one of uh, two here. Uh, I have seven and a half games. I didn't even give you guys the records. Uh, yeah, I'll, how about that? I'll, I'll give you that. They're not that important, but uh, Connor last week, 11-5, and five, he got a game on me. That brings them to 152 and 85. I myself, uh, 10 and 6. I picked 
the Broncos for whatever reason. I don't know why I die on this stake. Um, so 10 and 6, 146 and 93. Uh, Connor now has a seven and a half, seven and a half game lead on me, which not great, but um, nonetheless, uh, I'm not going to be that guy to, to pick different because I'm losing. Uh, I do have integrity and um, I'm going to pick with who I think is going to win and I'll let the cards fall where they may. This probably isn't my year, but uh, that's why we'll we'll hop on back on next year. And we still have playoff picks, so um, we'll see. But to move forward here, uh, the Chicago Bears three and twelve uh, going into Detroit seven and eight. They are still uh, within striking distance. Obviously, that loss last week sets them back. I was all in on Detroit making the playoffs, but you know how it goes any given Sunday. Uh, Connor, who do you like here? Uh, excuse me. Um, I'm going to go with the Lions. Um, I just think they've got to have it. I really would love them, you know, to see them have a chance to, to make the postseason. Um, I'd like to see them at least end on a high note because I think Jared Goff, I, I feel like I want him to stay in Detroit. I think this team with a new year can be, uh, a, you know, a division competitor you know in, in that division with with the vikings so i'd like them to see them at least win the next two this one is a good one for them to move to eight and eight so i like them to be one uh you know bears are just riding out the rest of this year so give me detroit okay uh i'm also with the lions i think they're just the better team i think this could be an interesting game um justin fields he's definitely shown promise uh but this team just hasn't been great uh He's a fun quarterback to watch, but I think the Lions are, believe it or not, a more fundamental team, uh, better offense. Their defense has uh, held them together uh, outside of last week during their winning streak. So uh, I like for the Lions to get back on track, get to 8-8. Eight and eight. Moving on, an AFC West showdown. Uh, on paper at the beginning of the year, this looked like a very good game. Uh, however, it is not. The Broncos are in a are there in shambles. No other way to put it. Four and eleven. They just fired Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, I'm not sure that anyone did not see this coming. Uh, they hired uh, an interim coach that Hackett brought on to be his clock management specialist. If I remember I that know. right. Um, anyways, they are going into Arrowhead playing the Chiefs. Um, there's really not much I, I have to speak on here. I like the Chiefs. Probably to win by two touchdowns. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Not a lot to analyze here. I think uh, Mahomes is going to be able to, to take some quarters off um, in this game in the second half. So, like the Chiefs as well. And that moves us into uh, a game with very uh, important playoff implications. The Miami Dolphins 8-7 and seven, uh, on a four-game losing skid, losing at home last week to Green Bay. Going into Foxborough, playing the Patriots at seven and eight. Obviously, we hit on uh, the Patriots game uh, in extension. Uh, Connor, I'll let you start us off here. Yeah, I think the news about Tua today. I hope he's all right. But I think the the news about Tua makes makes this pick a lot easier for me. Um, I like the Patriots to win potentially relatively handily if Teddy Bridgewater is playing quarterback for the Dolphins. If Tua is playing somehow miraculously, I don't think he should be. Um, but if he is, <clears throat> I like, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I like the Patriots as much, but 
going off of that, uh, I'm going to roll with uh, with New England to get one in a must-have it game. Um, could still see them blowing it on the last play of the game. <laughs> Who knows? But I'm going to go with New England. Nothing's out of the realm of possibilities with this team. But uh, I'm with you. I, I do like the Patriots here uh, to even up their record, be the same record as Miami. Um, that doesn't put them in a, a playoff position per se. However, um, it gives them a chance. And I think if they can clean up uh, their offense, which I'm not sure they really can, uh, and definitely Tua, I'm not sure Tua should play again this year. Um, I think you should think about the player and not the Miami Dolphins uh, succeeding in a year. A human being. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, – Two has definitely had two, if not three, definitely two concussions this year. Uh, obviously, that scary one in Cincinnati. So um, it's tough. You never want to see that happen. But I think for the sake of his health, he does not uh, play this week. And the Patriots do win at home. However, I don't feel great about it. Yeah. Moving on, the Indianapolis Colts, 4-10-1. Playing the eight six and one New York Football Giants at MetLife Stadium, uh, Connor. I'll start us off. I do like the Giants to win here, secure their playoff spot, and who knows what they can do. But Daniel Jones, I think they might give him an extension after this year. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I think the the Giants are have their recipe for success has been limiting turnovers, and so. That's that's a you know a tribute to Daniel Jones making strides in that area, uh, which he really needed to. So um, I like the Giants here to take care of business against the Colts. They're they're really again just riding out the rest of this year to figure out what the hell they're going to do in, in 2023. So I like the Giants here as well. Uh, they're a playoff team. See if they can make some you know make a little bit of a run. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they can do uh, coming down the stretch here. This is a, a gotta have a game for them. Uh, which brings us into the New Orleans Saints at six and nine, very much alive in the NFC South divisional standings. Uh, going on the road to play Philadelphia, three and two. Doesn't look like Jalen Hurts will be back. Um, Connor, I'll let you get us here. Yeah, Jalen Hurts not being in there makes this kind of a pick 'em for me, <clears throat> almost. Which you know maybe shouldn't be. The Eagles are are a well-rounded team and they should be able to win without him. But I think the Saints have more to play for than the Eagles do in this game. I think it could be close, but not ready to go at the Saints here. I think the, the Buccaneers lock up. Can they can they win the division with this? I think if they do win, they lock up the division, yes. Yeah, so I like uh, I like the Saints to help them with that. I like the Eagles to win this and, and uh, potentially lock up that number one seed. Uh, in the NFC. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a very physical football game. I think it could be close, but I don't think Gardner Minshew is uh, is that bad of a quarterback. I think, you know, there were talks at the beginning of the year that, you know, Minshew could have started over Hurts. Um, as crazy as it sounds, uh, that probably meant Jalen Hurts was at minimum on a short leash, uh, but he's obviously proven that he's deserving of the spot. Um, and he's high up there in MVP odds. Uh, it's tough that he's not playing, but I still like the Eagles to win this game. That brings us into another huge game, the Carolina Panthers 6-9 and nine playing the 7-8 Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. 
If Carolina wins, they will move into the first uh, seed in the divisional uh, in the AF, NFC South division. Um, however, if the Bucks win, they do clinch that division. Uh, and I'm going with the Bucks here to finish business at home and get that division locked up. Yeah, me too. And I, uh, I very well could think it, you know, might come down to the very last possession of the game. Who do we trust, uh, you know, to win a game? His name's Tom Brady is the GOAT. Um, I, I feel like it will come down to that possession. And against a, a team that doesn't scare me, uh, I like the Bucks. Again, they've, they've dominated their division. That's the only reason that they even have seven wins. So I like them to get another one here against the Panthers uh, to solidify Tom goes back to the playoffs. For a twenty-first <laughs> yeah. time, potentially. It's um, I remember watching the this game uh, up in Orlando. Is at your house? Uh, and I think you had Mike Evans in fantasy, and he misses him deep, and yep. from there on, that game went to to crud. Yep. So uh, I hey. think I think Tom gets a little payback here. From death taxes and Tom Brady in the playoffs. Yep. That's all it is, baby. Bet on it. That brings us into the Cleveland Browns at six and nine, uh, playing the Washington Commanders at seven, seven and one. Uh, the Commanders still are playing for a playoff spot. Uh, they lost last week to the Niners. The Browns, uh, Deshaun Watson looked horrible in that snow game in Cleveland. Uh, Connor, I'll let you pick this one to start. Yep, I'm taking the Commanders here. Um, Carson Wentz should be slotted in there to play and start. Um, I think he'll, you know, who knows what, what you get out of Carson Wentz. You get a competitor, though. Um, I think he'll be hungry and, and just, like, he wants to write the ship on who he is uh, and what people think of him. I think this is the best opportunity he's going to have to go, you know, pretty much they're in a playoff spot now, and this is obviously a huge, huge game for them. Um, I like the, the commanders as a team top to bottom better. So as long as Carson Wentz doesn't turn the football over and does what they need to do as far as just moving the ball, um, I like them to get one done at home. Uh, yeah, I'm going to fade you here. I like the Browns on the road. I like Deshaun Watson to have a bounce back game. He has definitely not looked like his old self. Um, and I don't think you'll see him revert back to that till, uh, hopefully next year. He was a, a you know, a tremendous talent, uh, of a quarterback, but, um, I do like the Browns to sneak one, uh, and hurt the commander's playoff chances, um, and make things interesting in that seven seed. So give me the Browns here on the road. The next game we have an AFC South about the Jacksonville Jaguars, seven and eight going into Houston two twelve and one, but Houston has been playing everyone uh, pretty hard this year. Uh, they should have beat Kansas city. They obviously beat Tennessee last week. So this is not a, a give them game by the, by the Jags by any means. So, uh, however, like I alluded to earlier, the Jags are five and two in their last seven. I think they're the better team. I think they find a way to win. However, it could be close. Give me the Jags here on the road. Yeah, me too. I think it will be close. Um, but I like, I like the best player in the field, Trevor Lawrence to make plays when necessary. I like him to be able to throw for a couple of touchdowns, um, and keep them in contention. Uh, keep them in a position where they're continuing to scale upwards. Um, so give me the Jags here on the road um, to help solidify the Texans getting number one overall pick. Okay. Uh, 
Now we get into the 4 o'clock games, one of four. San Francisco 49ers still playing to get a two seed here. They are at 11-4 and four going on the road to Vegas. The Raiders, although not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, uh, they are pretty much toast. They're at 6-9. and nine. Uh, Connor, I'll let you start. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Niners here again. Uh, I think this is potentially the best best team in football. Um, no, I don't, but close. Um, you know, best defense in football. Um, the Raiders, I, I I thought they win last week, and they lost another bad game to the Steelers, um, you know, against the Steelers team that really doesn't have much. Don't really know what's going on with these Raiders here, but I like the Niners to, to get one done just against an inferior opponent. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like the Niners here. Uh, better talent top to bottom. Uh, I'm with you, Connor. I don't think they're the best team in the NFL, um, but they do have one of the best rosters, uh, and I think they win pretty convincingly here in Vegas. Next, we have the New York Jets 7-8. and eight. Hopefully, Mike White is back. They will be traveling out west to Seattle, playing the Seahawks, who are 7-8. and eight. They're kind of spiraling out of control. But I like Seattle at home, uh, the Jets traveling that far. Uh, I just I think this is a, a game that Seattle wins. I'm not sure how they get there. I think it will be an ugly game, but I think they pull it out at the end. Yeah, this one I don't really have strong feelings towards, but I think – it's one of these things, man. It's just going to be kind of the nail in the coffin as far as Zach Wilson's time in New York goes. I think Mike White comes back and and wins, you know, wills this team to a win. Um, you know, shows what the offense can do, gets the ball in the hands of playmakers. Both these teams are reeling. Both these teams are seven and eight, and both these teams still have a chance to win in the playoffs. So um, I just like the defense of, of the Jets. Maybe it comes back to bite, you know, bite me, but I like them to, to win this one on the road. Okay, then the 425 games, the Minnesota Vikings 12 and three going into Lambo seven and eight are the Packers. Uh, Connor, I'll let you pick this one here. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Aaron Rodgers. I'm gonna go with uh, a team that looks like they're trending upwards. Um, it's an instant coffee league. They won last week. They you know a good win last week for them. Um, the offense is starting to heat up a little bit more cohesion offensively and a little bit more trust, it looks like, uh, on the offensive end. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is a guy that owns the Minnesota Vikings at home. The Vikings don't play outside. They play in a dome. It's going to be cold. It's going to be in Lambeau. And I, I think, you know, Aaron wants a shot to get back there. It's This is a team that if they get in the postseason, you don't want to play in the playoffs. And, then, and the Vikings don't have as much to play for right now other than positioning. I they still have a chance at that one seed, so they're obviously going to see what they can do to get a win, but I, I'm I'm leaning towards Green Bay. Yeah, uh, you hit on a lot of good points. I think when rubber meets the road, uh, Aaron Rodgers might take this game a little personally. Uh, had a terrible week one outing there, as I said before, um, and they're playing for their playoff lives, and I think they get it done here at home. It's going to be freezing. Uh, the Vikings play in a dome, so – uh, that aerial attack by Minnesota might not be as uh, successful as it has been. So give me the Packers in a one-score game uh, at home to make an impact and probably get them into a playoff position. Um, and then the last 425 game, the Rams, it's an L.A. showdown. 
Uh, five and ten, Baker Mayfield dismantled the Broncos' offense last, defense. Excuse me, last week, playing against the Chargers team that is nine and six, uh, solidifying a playoff spot, still playing for position within. Uh, I like the Chargers here. I think Herbert uh, and their defense has actually been very good as of late, and they're just the more talented team. It may be a pride thing for uh, SoFi Stadium in LA. I do like the Chargers here. I actually think this could be a close game. I'm just looking at the Chargers positioning, though. The best that they can do is five seed. Yep. Um, but I obviously think they'd much rather play uh, the AFC South winner than, than the Cincinnati Bengals or, you know, the Chiefs or the Bills. So this game does mean a lot to them. It's, it's like you said, a game in Los Angeles that, you know, they want to prove who's, you know, who's the better team. Obviously this year it's, there's no question there, but I, I do like the Chargers to win this game. They do have, you know, some things to play for, even if it is going on the road, uh, just a matter of where. Okay, and the Sunday night game uh, in AFC North, uh, probably the best rivalry within the NFL. Pittsburgh Steelers 7-8. and eight. We didn't think that they could uh, get a winning record this year, uh, but they're right there still uh, in line to potentially make the playoffs playing the Ravens. Uh, we're not sure if Lamar's going to be back at 10-5. and five. Um, Connor, I'll let you make your pick here. Pittsburgh Steelers, baby. They're going to win this game. I like them to get to 500 this week. Um, Tomlin is going to get to 9-8. and eight. Mark it here. Um, the Ravens don't impress me. Even with Lamar, don't like what you know where they're going. I don't believe they're a threat. Don't think they'll win a playoff game. I like the Steelers to win this. I think they're going to want it more. Um, so I'm going to roll with Kenny Pickett. I think he's the future there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, this is a hard pick, uh, regardless of who I went with. I think Pickett's going to be the real deal. They have awesome playmakers that I love to watch. Pickens, um, Deontay Johnson, um, Cam Hayward's little brother. I forget his name. He's fun. Even Najee Harris. So, um, But I do like the Ravens here. I think Lamar comes back, even if he doesn't. I think it's going to be an ugly game. I like the Ravens' defense to win it for them. Maybe a little Justin Tucker magic at the end of the game to win. Uh, I like the Ravens to win in a bar fight. That gets us to our Monday night bout. Probably the best game on paper. The Buffalo Bills 12-3 and going into Cincinnati at 11-4. and Both teams trending in the right direction. Both with Super Bowl aspirations. Uh, I'll start us off here, Connor. I like the Buffalo Bills on the road. I think they're the best team in the AFC and I like them to get that one seed. Yeah, I do too. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess you know better than me, but Chiefs, see if, they, if, if Bills and Chiefs both win, they go to 13 and three and Bills have tie break. Yeah, because they won. Right. Okay. Um, they yeah. Them rather. I mean, I, I agree with that. I think uh, that the Bengals are obviously fighting more of an uphill battle um, as far as getting, getting like a potential one seed or even the two seed throughout the playoffs, home field until the AFC Championship, but I'm going to go with the Bills, too. I think they they have the reminder of last year of, you know, potentially if they have a home game, they win that. So I agree that that's going to drive them. I'm excited for this game. It's going to be potentially the best game of the year. Um, could go either way, um, but I like I think the Bills are, are just still looking better top to bottom. Okay, that concludes Week 17. We do have four different picks, those being the Steelers-Ravens, the Jets, Seahawks, that uh, Browns, Commanders, 
And lastly, that brings us to the Cardinals and Falcons. Um, a little bit of playoff preview before we we leave here. Uh, do you think that the current seven seeds right now, that being the Commanders and the Dolphins, will be in the playoffs by the time this is done in two weeks? Ah, man. So for the NFC, I don't. I don't think the Commanders hold on to that seven, even if, even though I do think they'll win this week. I think it'll be – I think Green Bay is going to find a way to sneak in there. Um, and that's in the NFC. So I, I like the Packers to get in there for, for seven. Um, and I do like the Dolphins to retain seven. I don't know who they play in week 18. The Jets. So I do like them to get to nine and eight and hold on to that playoff spot at the seven seed. Yeah, uh, I'm in agreement with you. I like the Packers uh, to get that seven seed. Uh, but I like the Patriots to somehow find a way to get in. I know I've been wishy-washy, and um, maybe it's wishful thinking. Um, honestly, it's probably better if the Dolphins get in as far as product-wise, but I think the Patriots find a way to get into the playoffs. I know this is going to come back to bite me in the ass, but I don't think the Dolphins uh, are ready to make that next step. I think Tua does not come back this year, uh, and I like the Patriots to somehow find a way to win against the Bills. I think if the Bills win, they may clinch the one seed. I hope so. That's probably the only way the Patriots find a way to get in there. But um, – I think you're just trying to make up for uh, that week you took the Jets over the Pats. Yeah, yeah well. You're just trying to show your fanship. I was almost right about that. However, <laughs> uh, that is all we have for you today. Everyone, I hope you have a great New Year. I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas, a healthy holiday. Uh, there is a lot of stuff that Matt and I are working on behind scenes. Uh, so we are very excited about that. Connor, I couldn't thank you enough uh, letting me into your home and letting me record uh, Buzz Talk, the 31st episode. Uh, any closing remarks? Go for it. No, no, I appreciate it. It's good to see the, you know, get to be a part of the full cycle. I know we missed Matt this week, um, but excited of what uh, Kevin Matter building here. Glad I'm a part of it. Uh, excited for this week of football. Um, and hopefully the Patriots find a way to sneak in. All right. Well, everyone, be safe. Uh, next time I talk to you, it will be next year. So enjoy the new year. Enjoy your, your weeks off for those that uh, are not working. Uh, go Pats. Oh, buzz, buzz, buzzity taco. We're buzzing over here and we're talking over there. Buzz taco, talkity buzz. Oh, buzz, buzz, buzz. Oh, talkity talk. Buzz, talkity talk. Buzz, 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 talkity, talk, talk, buzz, talk, talk, talkity, buzz, buzz, talkity, buzz, buzz.